A professional pollster says if Biden loses Pennsylvania, he could become an underdog. How likely is that to happen? And a Trump train surrounding a Biden campaign bus ends with an FBI investigation. And then the UK announced a second lockdown as their coronavirus numbers continue to grow. Is America next? Well, we've got that and much more coming up, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy. I'm still filling in for Sarah Gonzalez on maternity leave. And if you haven't seen it, she's got a hilarious video that's on her um, Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered YouTube page and the Blaze TV YouTube page. So give that a watch if you are missing her, because I know you are. With me today, one day before the election, Mr. Eric July, host of For Cannon's Sake, and also a Blaze TV contributor. Glad to have you here. And then Mr. Robino, our Blaze TV media critic. Glad to have you here. Yeah, great to be here. Can you believe we're one day away? It seems like the buildup to this has just been going on forever, right? We're one day away from the 60 days to figure out who wins the election. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid you might be right. <laughs> you never know. And that's, that's a great open for our first story. So Democrats, they're actually becoming increasingly concerned about losing some key swing states, including Pennsylvania. So this is despite Joe Biden being up as many as seven points in his native state, according to an ABC News Washington Post poll. Now, 538 founder and professional, professional pollster Nate Silver, he revealed how crucial Pennsylvania is to Biden's path to the White House. Um, and during an appearance on ABC's This Week on Sunday, he hinted the entire 2020 presidential election could hinge on the results of Pennsylvania. Let's listen to this. Pennsylvania has not bumped up to a seven or eight point Biden lead like we see in Michigan and Wisconsin. It's five points. It's not a big early voting state, so a lot of votes have not yet been cast in Pennsylvania. Among the votes that were sent in by mail, there are some provisions about a naked ballot, a security envelope. That could make things more complicated. You can get have the courts involved. You have some protests, looting in Philadelphia, right? There's lots of stuff going on. And maybe a lot of little things add up, and Biden loses Pennsylvania by half a point, and then he doesn't quite pull off Arizona or North Carolina. I mean, he does have other options, right? I mean, North Carolina is a state where a lot of the vote is in. Um, Obama won it in 08 when it looked very similar nationally. So that could be a problem for the GOP, Arizona. But still, without Pennsylvania, then Biden becomes an underdog. So 538, they project Biden to win the presidential election. They say they simulate the election 40,000 times to see who wins most often. According to their projections, Biden wins 89 out of 100 times. President Trump wins only 10 out of 100 outcomes. But a few weeks ago, Silver said something totally different. Um, he wrote on Twitter that Biden could easily defeat Trump in a landslide. But now he's kind of changing his tune. So first of all, what are your thoughts on his remarks now? Well, you're seeing that happen with pollsters right now. Actually, as we get closer to the election, a lot of people don't want to get caught with egg on their face. So we well, they rather were pretending as if it was going to be a landslide. There was no way that Trump Trump could win. Trump, uh, excuse me, Biden is up in this poll and that poll. And as we got closer to the election, particularly over the weekend, I was paying a lot of attention to this to see all these posters start adjusting their their uh, metrics and start adjusting their numbers and start adjusting. Well, he he could win this, but it it it, it is also up in the air. He could also lose it because I think they don't want to get caught with egg on the th face. I think they've been sort of riding this this wave of, of, of real nonsense. And as you see, certainly with Trump going state to state and, you know, he has all these enthusiastic people and it's starting to set in for them like we can lose this. 
you know, like it, it's a real thing. We, we can lose this. So I think people don't want to get caught with egg on their face. And I expected this to happen. Uh, they don't want to get caught with egg on their face. So they're starting to adjust their, their numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, Rob, you know things about the East Coast. What what do you think the outcome is going to be in Pennsylvania? I think Trump's going to win Pennsylvania. I think Trump's going to win Michigan. I think Trump's going to win Wisconsin. I think Trump's going to win Minnesota. I mean, I mean over the past weekend, for, forget about the polls, right? Because I think that in the polls, there's not just the hidden Trump voter. I think there's the trolling Trump voter that's telling pollsters that they're voting for Biden. <laughs> I think there's actually, it, I, without evidence, CNN and New York Times. But I just have this gut feeling because I know I would do it. And I know my friends would do it. Like, I know that they would do it. But let's just talk about what's happened on the ground over the past weekend. Joe Biden was supposed to stay in his basement until Election Day. They said that last Monday, that Joe Biden basically has no campaign events planned for the next nine days. Joe Biden went to Pennsylvania, held a a bunch of rallies, and he's in Minnesota today. Minnesota that hasn't gone for a Republican, I think, like in my entire lifetime. And before that, he went to Minnesota today. They know on the ground that their vote isn't showing up. They thought that COVID, the reemergence of COVID was going to help them. It's actually hurting them because people are remembering how upset they were when they couldn't have a life because of these people. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that's happening. I think it's coming to a point where Trump is going to win with over 300 electoral votes. I don't think we're going to know tomorrow because I think there's going to be a bunch of, you know, it's going to be too close to call. The media is not going to let you call it. Twitter, for gosh sake, said that um, if if. So many of our approved people that can call a state don't call a state. We're not going to let you tweet without us saying that it may not be called yet on Mm -hmm. top of your tweet. Independent fact check. Mm -hmm. Right. No, no, not even independent fact check. It's if one of the seven people that we deem are the only people that can call an election, if they don't call the election, we won't let you tweet about it. That's insane. In the state. Wow. So I think it's pretty safe to say that at least at this table, we don't feel like the polls can be trusted fully. No, I mean, we, we've been through this. I mean, we, we went through this in 2016, where the polls almost unanimously pointed to the fact that Trump was going to lose this. And I think now, as I view this, I think that if anything, he's gained more support. I know there are some folks that think that he would win. Um, let's say in the, if he was to win, it would be by less of an amount that he won last go around. But I'm, what I'm looking at, I think it may be to the contrary. I think he may win even more. So and the Democrats have not done themselves any favors. It's not just with the covid um, like like the brother mentioned with the polling and what's going on in Philadelphia. Voters pay attention to that type of stuff, man. And they see that you're burning. You're burning their places down, the places they live, the places they shop at like. Those people go out and, and vote and they mm-hmm. see that. And who's to say at a last minute, they're like, I don't want to vote for the party that's authorizing th- this sort of nonsense. I'm not going to maybe they don't put it in for Trump, but maybe they don't just put it in for for, for Biden altogether. Right. We know how his position on fracking or, or what have you is getting them in trouble out there uh, as well. So they haven't done themselves any sort of favors with the positions that they've taken. Mm-hmm. I think that they were anticipating that they were going to do them a bit of good. They got all the blue check marks, all the mm-hmm. social uh, social media, the big tech, everybody on their side. But when you go around and you you actually, you know, leave the social media, right, and you actually even see footage of more so people that are actually enthusiastic for Trump, 
He'd be hard-pressed to tell me that he's not going to win. 57,000 people showed up to the Butler County rally. Wow. 57,000 people showed up to the Butler County rally. They all know five or six people that they've probably been bugging to go vote for Donald Trump. I mean, that's how it works. 57,000 people in That's pretty incredible. Well, we've been hearing a lot recently, too, about who's endorsing who and who's backing who. Well, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, excuse me, their editorial board has endorsed President Donald Trump for re-election. The first time that the paper has endorsed a Republican presidential candidate since Richard Nixon in 1972. Um, Now, for a lot of people, this wasn't a surprise. The editorial direction of the paper, it's shifted to the right in recent years. Here's what they said, though. They said, we share the embarrassment of millions of Americans who are disturbed by the president's unpresidential manners and character, his rudeness and put downs and bragging and bending of the truth. None of this can be justified. The president's behavior has often diminished his presidency and the presidency. Most Americans want a president who makes them proud. But then they go on to say what they are endorsing. Um, The economy pre-COVID, it was booming like no time since the 1950s. Look at your 401k over the past three years. Unemployment for black Americans is lower than it's ever been under the president of either party. Um, And they said our trade relationships have vastly improved and our trade deals have been rewritten. And thanks to him, middle America is on the map again. And the Appalachian and hourly worker has some hope. And they're saying, you know, Biden, it means higher taxes and an anti-state that would bow to the bullies and the woke who would tear down history rather than learning from history and building up the country. So do you think the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's endorsement of Trump will help influence the election at all? I I don't think newspaper endorsements influence elections anyway, but I think that it's telling that a paper that hasn't endorsed a Democrat or a Republican since before I was born, the year before I was born, is amazing. The other thing is, but you know, we have to look at this on both sides, right? The Manchester Union leader for the first time, probably since the same amount of time, endorsed Biden instead of endorsing Donald Trump. So there, there is some of the back and forth. I just think that it shows that this is a, a weird election. I think the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette probably knows what its readers are thinking more. And I think it's going to show that, you know, and they, and they also publish that in some of their sister newspapers in Ohio and mm-hmm. in other places. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting election. I still think that Donald Trump wins this thing hands down. Um, based on what I'm seeing on the ground. But, you know, I've been wrong before. So, <laughs> Well, let me talk about uh, the Trump train incident. Uh, it's been kind of all over the news today. So a Biden-Harris vehicle might have been at, pa- at fault in the apparent incident with a Biden campaign bus and so-called Trump train of the president's supporters over the weekend in Texas. And we have some footage of that. Running them out of Texas. It is... Hilarious. I'm about to run out of gas, which I'm sure some of you would love. <laughs> Look at that. Oh my God. This car is trying to get in. That's the car that's with the bus. California plates. Y'all saw that here, right? I videotaped it. This stupid car swerved into that truck. That car swerved into this truck. Look, they have them on camera for sure. Look at him. That's what happened. 
Wow. So a lot of the stories that you heard this morning were all of these Trump supporters were trying to run the bus off the road or run people off the road. But the San Marcos Police Department, they researched this crash with videos online and they said the at fault vehicle may be the Biden-Harris staffer's car, while the victim appears to be one of the Trump vehicles. Now, they're saying calls to the driver of the white SUV. They've gone unanswered and um, the PD hasn't been contacted by the driver of the black truck. So since the police department hasn't spoken to either driver at this time, additional investigation would be required to fully ascertain who was at fault. Uh, The FBI is now investigating the incident because it says the FBI is looking into a Friday incident, which a group of Trump supporters driving trucks and waving Trump flags surrounded and followed a Biden campaign bus as it drove up I-35 in Hayes County. And this was the Texas Tribune reporting that. Um, now, Donald Trump, President Trump, he responded to the investigation by defending his supporters as patriots and slamming the FBI for ignoring violence from a lot of left wing protesters. That's just gone unnoticed by a lot of them. So did you think this was innocent fun or do you think that the drivers were really trying to do some serious damage. I didn't look. I didn't look at all like they were trying to do something. I looked. They were trolling. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. That that seemed pretty obvious. But it didn't look like they were trying to actually ram them off the off the road. It was more of hey, look at us. We see y'all. Y'all see us. Um, kind of thing. Which it was kind of just a flex of, of a muscle rather. But it didn't look to me like it was anything that was that serious that would require the FBI. But I understand it's politics. It gets everybody up in a frenzy. And anytime anybody can cling on to really anything, that's exactly what they're going to do. Um, But from looking at that, it doesn't look like they were trying to actually ram someone off the road. They were trolling, though. They were trolling. And whether you agree with that, um, that's certainly up to you. But they, they were absolutely trolling. Yeah. Across the weekend, you saw violence against Trump supporters in multiple states. In Massachusetts, where I'm from, I've got people on social media, supporters of Joe Biden, or at least people that didn't support Donald Trump, threw bleach at pro-Trump supporters. I mean, there has been violent attacks across this country on Trump supporters. We've seen it day after day after day after day that the mainstream media doesn't want to report. They get a Biden staffer ramming into a truck. Now, I wouldn't call, you know, a jacked up like F-350 a victim, which is kind of funny <laughs> to hear them call that. But, you know, they they showed him going into the, the video. That video has been available, by the way, since Friday afternoon on social media. The media could have seen that, but the media wants the narrative that the big, mean Trump supporters are out to hurt Joe mm-hmm. Biden and in completely, completely ignore that Biden supporters and Antifa have been violently attacking Trump supporters for the past 60 to 90 days. Right. This road incident, it didn't seem like it was worth canceling rallies over, but that's just me. All right. We got to go to break. We'll be back in just a minute. I mean, the fact that they canceled like, three rallies or something they because get right of that right. one thing, I mean, it was like, just didn't seem yeah. like p.m. on Saturday night, Halloween night, 90 million Americans had voted in the 2020 presidential election already. That's a combined 57.6 million mail-in ballots and 33.4 million in-person early votes that were cast. Um, Gosh, some states have come close to matching their 2016 total turnout. Uh, Two states exceeded those totals. Voters in Texas have cast 9.6 million votes. Voters in Hawaii have cast 484,000 votes. 
Some states appear to be holding back, possibly waiting for tomorrow. Pennsylvania, uh, a swing state, it's only hit 38.4% of their total 2016 total, excuse me, and Ohio uh, also stands at 48.8% as of Saturday. Um, The states that have racked up the most early votes, California, 9.7 million, Texas, 9.6 million, as I said, and Florida at 8.2 million. Um, Joe Biden's up by small margins in several classic and some newer swing states, but Again, the polls keep being called into question because there are a lot of shy Trump voters that don't want to say who they're voting for. So I'm curious, why do you think some states like Pennsylvania are waiting for Election Day? It's the law. I mean, it's, it's the law. Like you heard Nate Hilfer say, it's, it, there's not as many early voting opportunities in Pennsylvania. There, they probably still have... Um, you know, you have to have a reason to vote by absentee ballot. They make it harder to vote by absentee ballot. They want people to vote on Election Day. There's a hodgepodge of laws. And in, in Texas, I can tell you why the, the votes are up. It, it was the easiest voting experience of my life when I voted early on the first day of, vote, of voting. There were in the, the Metroplex here where we're in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, there were 40 to 60 early voting locations per county spread out over three weeks. It was extremely easy to vote in Texas early. Mm-hmm. There were no lines. There were a ton of places to go vote. You'd go in. And what was interesting is that you could vote even for your local stuff because of the way they use barcodes at any one of the, the 60. So you didn't have to like go to your precinct location. You were able to get a localized ballot. They made it extremely easy to vote early. And I think that that's why you're seeing them in places like Texas and California that made early voting easy. Um, I mean, I knew who I was voting for. I still don't like early voting, but I knew that, you know, we might be here tomorrow. There's some other things going on. So I made sure that I got my vote in. Well, so that brings up a good question. Do you think some people are voting or a lot of people voted early this year because they're expecting some civil unrest and some violence on Election Day? Yeah, well, I think that could be part of it. I think it's a combination of, of, of different things, definitely depending on where they're at. Um, you've uh, there's been plenty of stories breaking out in California um, in how they're like San Francisco. They're boarding up their businesses already. Um, so I think people do take heed to that. They take they take that into consideration depending on where they're going to put their vote. But I think more so. It, it, yeah. Going back to what you said, it is about, you know, law. It is about ease of access and those types of things that you have to take into consideration. But I do do think that, yes, there is that those individuals that are bent on voting that day, that on, on election day, like they're stubborn. And I don't want to call it stubborn. That's just what they choose to to want to do. And I think we're going to see, of course, way more of that maybe from the Trump side than we would from the others who seem to be more encouraged to vote, vote early as opposed to the Trump guys. Because I think the to be a Biden and Harris supporter is like the easiest position to take. Definitely publicly. Nobody's going to put the put the hands on you in the event that you wear a Biden-Harris shirt pretty much in most of most areas of America. Now, you put on a red hat that says MAGA, you may have some problems. And I think people will, I don't want to say they'll, they'll vote for him with reluctancy. It's just more of they are mindful of, of the situation. And yeah, I think with what's going on in Philadelphia right now with the rioting and stuff like that, you're having people... Maybe they're waiting it out. They really don't know, you know, who they're going to who they're going to support until the election day actually rolls around. So what do you think this means for the election that so many people voted early this time? 
I, I think you saw a lot of people, um, I, I know that it was funny, a couple weeks ago after the debate, people started Googling, how do I change my vote? Right, yeah. so there was some of that. Mm-hmm. And there are some states where you can. There are some states that, that I think there were a handful of states where you can actually change your early vote um, if you didn't vote in person, if you actually voted by mail. So there were some states that do that. I mean, that's the danger of early voting, that something major comes out that, mm-hmm. that you don't know about. Um, but I think that the people, there's some interesting data coming out of Florida that I've seen on a website. So there's, there's four types of voters. There's your one out of four, two out of four, three out of four, four out of four. What that means is you voted in those elections. You voted in one out of the last four elections, two, three, four. Democrats' early vote in Florida has been their four out of fours and their three out of fours, where the people that are most likely to vote Democratic and always vote, right? Republicans have been those one and twos that they've focused on getting out to early voting, which means those three out of four and four out of fours, the ones that are always going to vote, are still left to vote. And I think that, that that's what's got Democrats completely out of their mind in Florida, mm-hmm. is that they're seeing that data too. I don't know if that data is what's happening in other parts of the country, because not every state reports the same type of voter data, right. so you don't know. But in Florida, they reported that. And I think that's part of why Democrats have become scared over the past week. I agree. Well, a a federal judge in Texas, this is an interesting story. Um, Federal judge in Texas heard a case brought by the state Republican Party seeking to have nearly 127,000 ballots disqualified in Harris County. So the emergency hearing took place today after Republicans sued to invalidate early ballots cast at drive-through polling locations. Um, They say it violates the U.S. Constitution. Uh, it was District Court Judge Andrew Hannon who presided over the hearing. Well, he ruled against them. The votes will be counted. So uh, they had already uh, brought a similar lawsuit, the same plaintiffs, um, that was also rejected. The reason they had this drive-through voting in Harris County, it was established in July during the state primary runoff elections. They set up 10 drive-through polling locations because voters were concerned about the coronavirus pandemic. That way they would have an opportunity to vote and they would just vote from their vehicles. But again, um, these Republicans were saying curbside voting is reserved for voters with disabilities. They're saying this practice violates the U.S. Constitution and that they shouldn't be able to vote curbside. So... What are your thoughts? I mean, is it fair for the GOP to be pushing for these votes to be thrown out, do you think? It's intent of the voter, right? So uh, historically, the Supreme Court and other courts have said that the intent of the voter is paramount. And if these people cast a ballot and they thought they were casting it legally, like I, I don't get that one. Like, like I get a lot of stuff. I don't get the fact, you know, if I fill out an absentee ballot and put it in the mail or I drive up and they give me a ballot and I fill it out and I put it in an envelope and I give it right back to them, I don't see a difference. So to me, in in what I think this does is it makes Republicans look like they don't want to count people's votes, which is what the Democrats say that they always don't want to do. And again, I've I've worked and helped in a bunch of recounts and things like that in past lives. And it's always been intent of the voter. The standard is intent of the voter. Those voters intended to vote. They got a ballot at what from a government organization that they thought was a legal way to vote. And they put a ballot in the thing. I, I don't think that the Republican Party of Harris County had any business in winning that suit, and I didn't. I didn't think they were going to win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that seemed pretty pretty obvious that they weren't going to win. I mean, I think it is part of the course for them to walk into the trap set by way of 
um, um, the Democrats. I've always said that they seem to control the conversation almost always. And then the Republicans um, at the state and local level are sitting here making adjustments based on what they do. They're never on the offense. It's they're always on, on, on the defense and they play right into the hands of um, what, what the Democrats are. But I will say this. I do think that we're going to see a lot of <laughs> funkiness going on with this, uh, this, this sort of election because of the uniqueness of it. And uh, with this whole voting situation with the, in between the COVID and, and all of this, you don't know when you're going to actually get a count. I do think and I don't want to put it over. You know, People have to take it, this into consideration. I think some folks are dead set on that. We will get those results on Tuesday. We very well may not. And I would be surprised as to, if, if there is evidence of some actual corrupt stuff going and not necessarily what the GOP is trying to prove, but legitimately uh, corrupt stuff going on with these vote, these votes, because it's it's a it's a crap show in terms of how it was handled this year. Yeah, it was. Well, if you live in Harris County and you did that drive up vote back in July, just so you know, it will be counted. All right. We've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor keeps because have you noticed your hair isn't looking as full as it used to? Losing your hair is no fun, so let's talk some options. You can go to your doctor for a hair loss treatment prescription and then visit the pharmacy and then try not to go broke just to avoid going bald. Or you can try Keeps from the comfort of your lazy boy because you're still going to get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but Keeps offers the generic versions for about half the cost. And then one more thing that you'll love about Keeps, it's all online. You just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and then a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. And then it's just shipped directly to your door. So why make unnecessary trips to the doctor and then the drugstore when you can do it all from home? So let's get you started with a special deal. Go to keeps.com slash why for 50% off your first order of Keeps hair loss treatments. That's keeps.com slash why. Keeps.com slash why. We'll be back in a minute. Well, it's the day before the election and businesses across America are boarding up. I mean, they are really expecting to be facing some unrest, possibly. A lot of people really deeply concerned. Uh, according to a Yahoo News YouGov poll, 51% of those surveyed expect President Donald Trump to refuse to concede if he loses the election. 77% are concerned that violence will break out in the coming days. Uh, a lot of businesses in cities across the country, they're taking precautions, especially in Chicago, New York, L.A., Minneapolis, and Portland, after rioters have smashed windows, looted stores, set some things on fire in those cities. In New York City, stores in Soho, Midtown, other parts of Manhattan, they've already fortified their glass windows with plywood. Like uh, Shops like Chanel, Levi's, Gucci, Dior... Um, they've also, in New York, asked some restaurants to remove chairs and tables that have been used for outdoor dining amidst the pandemic. In San Francisco, storefronts are, are boarding up uh, because they're anticipating looting and rioting. And then Beverly Hills Police Chief Dominic Rivetti, he said on Twitter, the city is taking a proactive approach and closing down Rodeo Drive on Election Day and the following day. And uh, CNN's uh, Brian Stelter, he puts the blame on these potential riots and the need for these businesses to board up on President Trump. Let's listen. We talk about unrest. Buildings in downtown D.C. being boarded up. Is it fundamentally because the president himself is attacking the election? 
Brian, I have covered American elections since 1990. I have never seen a situation where not only journalists, but a broad swath of the American public uh, doesn't trust in what the outcome is going to be on Tuesday night, doesn't trust, uh, you know, that our system fundamentally is going to hold up. So, she didn't really answer the question. No, she didn't. She didn't answer the question. Nonetheless, though, I want to be precise about this. We know who the side is is going to act up in the event that they don't get their way. They may act up if they do get their way, but in the event they especially don't get their way, we need to be precise. I hate this whole, well, if if Biden wins, then the, the, the plex or the beef is going to come from the Trump supporters. Show me no. any example of right-wingers for right-wing causes over the course of the last, I don't know, decade in which they have said, you know what, we're mad at something. We're going to go burn businesses down and loot. That has not happened. You can't even say that happened with the whole Tiki Torch uh, situation up, up, up in the Northeast. So let's get this straight who it's coming from because the Democrats have been authorizing and approving and excusing their bad behavior post George Floyd saying, well, it's just stuff. Why do you care so much about stuff or why you care more about that than you do about black lives or something like this? So let's be clear as day. The acting up is going to come from those general leftists. And, and I can't see how anybody voter or not to look at that and be like, yeah, it, 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 I, those Trump supporters, man, they're going to burn. They're going to burn down. I don't know, Wendy's because they didn't get their way. Like, show yes. me evidence yes. of, of that happening. I may give you that that point, but I can just point to, I don't know, yesterday, the left doing that. So l l let's be more precise. If we're, do, if we're doing real truths, right, let, let's mm. let's talk about the other real truths. The other real truths is Brian Stelter. It's you. Mm. It's Wolf Litzer. It's Jake Tapper. It's Rachel Maddow. It's you. For the past four years, you have gone on TV and said that Trump is literally Hitler, that his sons are Uday and Kusei Hussein. You have said that Trump is an illegitimate president. You made up a Russian collusion thing that nobody actually believes was real, but it was you know, great for you to make up to take down this president. You are the person most responsible, Brian Stelter, for not being actually a media critic and calling out your fellow media people for doing this, but joining in and being a propagandist for the left and telling people that this president is so out of the norm that he needs to be defeated. And if he's not, it's illegitimate. It's not Trump supporters, like you said. It's you, Brian Stelter. Mm. It's Wolf Blitzer. And it's everybody that you work with at CNN. Mm. Wow. Well, preach it, Robbie, no? <laughs> well, you know, you, you bring up a good point about people in the media or celebrities who they love to give their opinions, but then when the going gets tough, they retreat into their safe spaces. Uh, wealthy celebrities living in at least one of New York City's swankiest apartment buildings, they're going to be protected by armed guards tomorrow. Mm -hmm. This is so fascinating. Nice. Page Six uh, reported that the London Terrace Towers in New York City's uh, Chelsea neighborhood Famous people that have lived there, Debbie Harry, Pete Davidson, Tim Gunn, there's a, a lot of others. Well, they sent an email to residents informing them that extra security would be hired for potential unrest. Um, 
The New York Post reported last week that New York City's ultra-rich are quietly preparing for civil unrest on Election Day by hiring armed guards to stand watch over their luxury Manhattan buildings. So a lot of these are the same celebrities that keep telling us they want more gun control. They want Absolutely. more gun yeah. control laws. Yeah. However, yeah, now when they're worried about something happening, armed guards are protecting but their buildings. But that's building. why they advocate for that stuff, because they don't play by the same rules as everybody else. The regular Joe Blow individual does not have the funding to sit up here and pay armed guards to protect him in his own property. Mm -hmm. No, we're our own first responders. So we own these types of weapons and they advocate for them to be banned or you have to have these uber crazy restrictions jumping through all these hoops in the event that you want to get one like that's why they're easily able to advocate that stuff because they're not playing by the same rules you got to go through your home and a lot of a lot of us don't live in communities that are protected with armed guards we're armed but we don't live in communities that that maybe have have that luxury that they have so we're not even playing by the same same rules which is why they can be completely oblivious on the concept of, of gun rights and don't understand stand that the well most individuals don't we don't have that ability to do that so we buy the ar-15s and, right. <laughs> and god forbid you get together with a bunch of your friends to offer the same protection to your neighborhood right then you're a violent right-wing militia that's true very right. true well these are a lot of the same people that were on twitter on facebook on instagram calling for us to defund the police but you're so right i mean they're able to hire personal protection so of course they don't care about defunding the police because they hire their own private security that's the thing and that's what i, w I wish is it's, it's so hard getting folks definitely my age and younger to to really understand that like they're speaking from a a different sort of field and i have i want to be clear i don't have any issue with anybody rich or, or or not rich paying someone to protect them i have no issue with it what i have I an issue with is the hypocrisy and rather you wanting to strip other individuals of being able to protect themselves when you have the luxury of being able to sit in whatever high rise it is house on the hill that you are on and you're going to be the least worried when the crap hits the fan because you'll be the last people that they can even get access to will be the folks like us who are actually on the ground that have to fend for ourselves mm -hmm. that's that's on us and this is why we would need and want access to those guns or rather i'd rather have it and not need it and need it and not having to have it that's the position so i don't take these hypocritical celebrities and blue checks seriously at all and the fact that they're going around boarding up their home uh, homes their businesses and, and 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 hiring more armed security lets you know that they're not completely oblivious to what the, the fans that they've sort of stoked they just think that they don't have to deal with the ramifications right. the two of you are on fire today <laughs> on fire i love it <laughs> all right we have more to come but first we want to thank our sponsor not free america not Free America is written by Mike Donovan. This guy has fought tyranny for years as the founder of the nation's largest pro bono civil rights law firm. As Donovan puts it in his new book, Not Free America, our Bill of Rights has been under attack long before COVID-19 or George Floyd's murder. If you refuse to surrender your liberty to any earthly power, you need this book. Not Free America solves the issue of citizens being used by the government, but it's, it's more than just a book, it's a solution. So visit NotFreeAmerica.com to take the Liberty Pledge and order your copy today to find out how to stop the overreaching abuse of our government and what actions you can take to do better. We must work together and do better to fix our ever-compounding liberty crisis in America. And if we can unite around the concept of liberty, we can create lasting greatness 
Because remember, the most significant changes usually come from crisis. So do your part and visit notfreeamerica.com today. That's notfreeamerica.com. Order your book today. We'll be back in a minute. If you live in the UK or you have friends, family that live there, this is not great news. Um, Prime Minister Boris Johnson, he announced a national shutdown on Saturday until December the 2nd. And he said that it might last longer if the COVID-19 infection rate doesn't drop far enough. So bars, restaurants, gyms and businesses that are deemed non-essential, they're going to have to close for four weeks from Thursday. But unlike the restrictions that they set up in the spring, schools, colleges and universities, those can stay open. Um, Johnson said in a press conference he's truly sorry for the impact on businesses, but added a furlough system that pays 80 percent of employee wages will be extended through November. So what are your thoughts on how the U.K. is handling this increase? I mean, I, I was told by a lot of people that Donald Trump singularly handled coronavirus worse than any other country in the nation. And that the European countries are the ones that we all should have looked to because they handled it properly. If you look at their cases right now, they are skyrocketing like nothing. They have far surpassed the United States in both per capita cases, and they're about to surpass it in per capita deaths. Most of Mario. They're just completely going past it. And the UK once again shows in these European countries are built on community type models where the individual doesn't have rights unless the state gives it to them. Unlike the United States, where we believe our rights come from God and we protect ourselves from the state. That's what our Constitution does. These other constitutions in these other places don't do that. Everybody that lives in the UK is a subject of Her Majesty the Queen. The UK government just acts for her, but they're still a subject and she can tell you what you can and can't do through her government. Um, I think you're going to see, you're starting to see it in Europe, the, the beginnings of unrest. Mm. If you think what's going to happen after our election is going to be crazy this week, you are going to start to see civil disobedience like we've never seen in our lifetimes in the European Union because they ain't playing that again. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, be I believe that 100%. I believe that it's necessary. I want to be the first one to, uh, one to say that. I've been calling for that even here with these restrictions and that this may not end until civil there's mass amounts of civil disobedience in which people say and what i mean by that and i want to be precise i don't mean by burning people's stuff down what i'm what i'm saying is that people just go about their lives and say whatever happens happens pointing to to, to rob's rob's uh, particular position which is 100 percent correct and that we were told to look at those as well, that's how they handle it. And it's funny, I've been talking about this since February and March. So a lot of my streams, you know, I get these people from the UK and these other areas. Hey, look at us. We, we, we've we handled it. <laughs> we, we, we were able to handle you guys in cases, 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 cases. That's all everybody cares about now because they can't really go off the depths anymore because, you know, the, the survival rate keeps going up. So now all everybody cares about is cases, 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 cases. Mm -hmm. That's all everybody cares about. But. They did all of that. All the lockdowns. They had the mo most strenuous lockdowns. You even seen that seen that happen in other uh, in other countries. The Perus of the world. The same same idea in which they had locked it, locked everything down. Had some of the the mass mandates. All of that, and then they still had a, a another surge and they're surging past a lot of these countries actually america never passed in terms of deaths per, per capita. Yet they had the most more strenuous lockdowns and so forth. it's almost as if. What they said 
was going to work and how it was going to work, their models and all of that stuff was completely off. And maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't just, I don't know, lock people down, destroy their livelihoods and their businesses, which comes with a lot of other issues, some of which are medical. When you see people that are going undiagnosed with a lot of their problems, of course, they won't take responsibility for any any of that. But you see all of that go down. Maybe it was a bad idea to kind of just try to trap people because it didn't even work. And and more importantly, their immune systems. When you lock people in their house and don't let them get different viruses and bacteria so that their immune system is working as soon as you start to let them out of their house a little bit and then they start to come back inside because it's the cold weather months again you're gonna see viruses like this respiratory virus as well i i for one am completely shocked that a respiratory virus has more cases in the fall and winter (laughs) i'm completely shocked i've never known that to be the case in my entire life that is just not how it works. And to say anything otherwise is completely unscientific. Well, you know who loves restrictions? Uh, Michigan Democratic <laughs> Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Oh, that, that, that woman. So the Michigan <laughs> Department of Health and Human Services, they've issued new coronavirus-related restrictions that would potentially punish violators with jail time. So, you know, they've had some high cases there. It's been spiking there. So they now require dine-in restaurants, barbershops, and salons, tattoo shops, businesses, blah, blah, blah. They now have to record the personal information of each patron or client. The mandate also forces businesses to deny services to any customer who does not provide, at a minimum, their name and their phone number. Um, They're going to use this information to aid in contact tracing. It applies essentially to everyone in Michigan. So if you live in Michigan, I'm sorry. Um, It says businesses or individuals who violate the order may be subject to jail time. So they also limit non-residential indoor gatherings to just 50 people, which is down from 500. Oh, what, what is Michigan doing? So I am completely and utterly sure that in super inner city Detroit, They are going to enforce this the exact same way that they are in, like, the super rich suburbs. They're going to be enforced the exact same way. Um, But it's not just her, right? It's you've got uh, Andrew Cuomo saying that you have to have papers, please, to enter his state. You've got Charlie Baker in Massachusetts today not limiting gatherings to 50 people, limiting indoor gatherings in your home to 10 people. Requiring a mask mandate and saying you can't go. He's, he's put a he's put a curfew on the entire state of Massachusetts of 930 p.m. Right. So so that's what's happening. It's not just there. And, and you know, tell me I'm wrong. Right. Like I thought that the courts were the be all and end all. Right. That that's what the left says. Yeah. Sh- show me. You know, it's absolutely unbelievable. She was shot down by her Supreme Court, well, and she's still doing this. She's looking for all alternative uh, authority sources to <laughs> support her ideas here. Okay, we've got to go to break. We'll be right back. Gosh, yeah. She... So on Friday, we asked you guys, do you think we will know who won on election night or the next morning? Or will we have a similar situation to Gore Bush of 2000? Uh, 56.6% of you said we'll know days or weeks later. 43% of you think we'll actually know on election night or that morning. So you, you, you say no. no. 
What do you think? Yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. probably going to take a while. Yeah. All right, so our question for today, who will win the election tomorrow night? Trump. <laughs> I even bought my bottle of wine. So I got my I got my champagne ready for tomorrow. Well, we're not after my last my last answer. It won't be tomorrow, but you know, right. in the next sixty days, right. I will be popping this bottle of champagne. <laughs> Some, yeah, sometime in the next two months. <laughs> yeah, we'll exactly. Get to enjoy it. What about you, Eric? Yeah, I think that it's um, uh, look. I wouldn't be crazy surprised. I lose either way. Be, be make no mistake, but. I don't think it would be crazy for Biden to win, but I just don't see in, in, in what realm he's going to win this election. I just don't don't see that happening. There's too many people that are enthusiastic about Trump. And I think the left has shot themselves in the foot over the past. Uh, really, after the George Floyd thing, they just made bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And I think they were swaying people to the other side publicly. So. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Well, quickly, if people want to follow you, where do they need to go? Uh, at Eric DeJuly on Twitter, or you can visit uh, forecanasec.com and listen to the podcast there. And Rob? At Robina. Perfect. We'll find you guys on Twitter. All right, everybody get ready for tomorrow night. Oh, man. Thank you. I'll be here. All right. Perfect. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.